This week on the program, with everything going on right now, the Derek Chauvin trial verdict, homelessness, and police shootings, let's not forget the real question on all our minds today. Can I determine Coke versus Pepsi blindfolded? Later, influencers are being recruited to promote the vaccine and Dr. Drew hates the homeless. Your emergency exit is right this way. Yes, yes, you heard that right. I will be trying to determine Coke versus Pepsi blindfolded on the other side of this podcast. Thank you guys for joining us. This is another episode of Emergency Exit Podcast. This is episode 201. Today is April 23rd, 2021. It is again Friday night, 10 on 10 in our floating tin can. Far above the world. Yeah. I'm Los. My preferred adjectives are amazingly talented. You can follow me on Twitter at That's Right Los. Joining me, as always, since episode 30-something, and I can't do a show without this guy, it's my man, Brandon, the Hard Hat Mitchell. What up? How you doing, man? Hey, oh man, I'm not feeling good about. That. I I apologize for that intro. That's okay. That was I that f- was I forgive everybody. And yeah, uh, he's very forgiving. Speaking of forgiving, uh, we've got our homeboy David's out of town uh, with uh, some on a special assignment. Special assignment. Yeah. yeah. So well, he'll be back next week, hopefully. But besides all that, that good stuff, we've got so much to talk about. As we said in the opening, we'll talk about the Derek Chauvin trial verdict. We'll talk about homelessness. We'll talk about police shootings. Um, Don't forget, we'll talk about gender reveal parties. I was going to actually, that was actually the question. How many more deaths are we going to have at the hands of gender reveal parties? Well, we won't know. We may talk about that if we have some time. We've got lots of things to do. So let's just get right into what we do in the beginning. That's the Brew World Order. (sighs) It's the Brew World Order. Yo, all right, so this Brew World Order, we've got something kind of unique here. This is called Makana Haze by the Twisted X Brewery in Dripping Springs, Texas. And that's right, you heard me. You heard me right. It says Makana Haze. That's right, that's right, that's right. You guys know what I'm saying? <laughs> is that how it goes? Yeah. All right. Uh, this is a hazy IPA featuring Citra and Galaxy hops. I don't I don't know what that means, but I think those are hops, types of hops. I looked up Citra hops. They add citrus notes to your uh, your beer, uh, hence probably the name Citra. Galaxy hops, I'm not quite sure, but they look like little pellets. Um I've already, uh, myself and Brandon have already judged this beer. We've drank it beforehand to make sure that we don't waste your time with us drinking it. Let's go ahead and find out what Brandon the Hard Hat Mitchell thinks. Go ahead, bud. You know, I'm not a, it's, it's very established on the show. I'm not a hops fan. Don't like it. Yeah, However, right. this one, there are some exceptions. This one's got, um, there's a lot going on for this one. Yeah. Uh, it's not all hops. There's just a lot of taste. It's uh, somewhat. There's light. a lot of taste in it, huh? Yeah, a lot of taste. I just, you just a lot taste of taste so much, so I much. I like this better than Diet Coke. <laughs> it is very juicy. It is velvety. As it does say on the on the the, the yep. can here. By Easy the way, drinkability. Six point, yeah, six point five percent alcohol by volume. I could probably only do one, maybe one and a half of these. Um, okay. 
but I would I would give it a seven. That's right. Solid seven. That's Solid right. Solid seven. And by the way, right. if you guys are just joining us and you guys uh, haven't been following, we got our rating system. It used to previously be used to previously be this. What kind of what kind of English is that? It used to be between one and five. That's right. With like decimals that ruined it for us. For yeah. now on, it's one to ten. Solid. No in betweens. It's by tens. Okay. That being said, I like this. This is really good. Citrusy hop start with a sweet, mellow finish. It's mellow. It's sweet. The can says it's juicy. I can't disagree with it at all. Uh, I did not pick this. Uh, I guess I sort of picked this because this is the only beer that we haven't had that they had at this uh, random liquor store we went to. Um, but this is not too shabby. I, I dig it. That's right. That's right. That's right. Nine. That's right. That right. That's right. That's what I'm going to give this one. Solid nine. That's right. For the Makana Haze by Twisted X Brewery. That's this week's Brew World Order. Yeah. <sighs> it's the Brew World Order. All right. Well, we're on a roll. So we're on a roll. Why don't we just go ahead and uh, hop into the next guy? What do you think about that, Brandon? I say... Check this cool thing out I've got here. I recently acquired this. Uh, this is a variegated boxwood. Now, there's the picture of it. This is mostly a yellow-tinted uh, shrub here, and I thought this would be perfect because the green screen's not going to hit it, but it is kind of hitting it. Can you zoom that in a bit and uh, get, them, get them a good look at this beautiful little tree? Because I got this, and it was in a little uh, four, uh, it was like a half-gallon pot or so. No, it was smaller than that, quarter pot, a uh, quarter-gallon pot. And this was ready to be put into some bonsai soil. So I teased out the roots, which got this big root ball, and I didn't want to cut uh, very many um, roots off of it. So I kept a big root ball on there, hence why it's got such a wide base. Can you put it behind me? Can it just be... Uh, the back guy, so I can sort of. Oh, there you go, sweet. So but yours is in the way now. <laughs> oh, here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, lined it up. So as you can see, it's got a little bit of a mound to it. That's so funny. I, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> but it's got a mound to it, and that's mostly root ball. And because it's mostly root ball in there, I uh, had to put this moss around it. So it's got lots of moss, sphagnum underneath, which is stuff you can buy like bricks of, all dried up at the Home Depot. But you get that shredded up. And then I found this, this moss over at work. There's like a little step area with bricks. And in between those bricks, they got this moss growing. And I pulled some off. I've been taking it. I've been leaving a little bit there so it can regrow. And it's regrowing there and it's regrowing here. So I've got lots of moss. It's really cool. But I covered that up so the roots don't dry out. Uh, it's actually taken pretty pretty well to the repotting. I really like this. It's not. It's going to lose a little bit of leaves just because I took a little bit of roots off and I didn't take any uh, 
any foliage off. And typically when you repot uh, a tree in the spring or something, and if you want it to fit into this new pot, you're going to have to trim some roots off. And if you trim some roots off, you should probably trim off some of the foliage on the top, if it's got foliage, of course. Uh, and I believe boxwoods are evergreens, which means that they do not lose their leaves in the winter. Uh, and this particular one is a variegated style, which means it's got a variation to the typical green color you'll get from a boxwood. And typically that's going to be a yellowish uh, stripe or uh, edges that are uh, that are yellow and such. And it's a really cool look. Uh, and this is a dwarf version. And this, I think it's a pretty cool comp position here where I've got this little dog He's uh he's just chilling there, and I think he sees that there's a squirrel in that tree, so he's uh he's making sure that <laughs> he'll catch it if it comes down. Another thing I want to do, I don't want to, I wanted to get tr uh, used to this uh, pot first, and so before I before I don't want to trim this stuff off, but eventually what I want to do is cut this up uh, off right there. So it's got this more of a diamond shape. Uh, they call that like a banyan style, maybe more of a flat top. I'm not sure, but I want maybe like more maybe round. But basically, this whole little top uh, thing is wherever I can get it. Yeah, this whole top will get eventually pruned off. And that's probably going to happen maybe autumn, uh, maybe midsummer. We'll see how this uh, works. But that's one of my new favorite bonsais. It's really cool, and I really enjoy it. It's a variegated uh, dwarf boxwood bonsai by your boy Los. That's another bonsai with Los. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> I think you should play the uh, the intro again just Lady. for fun, yeah. All right, so as you guys know, I'm flying solo today. And I'm no stranger to just talking to the camera and talking to Brandon. Um, if, but if you guys want to chime in, the number is 830-875-0637. We are wide open with the lines. That's right. It's Friday, April 23rd. We are live. If you are on Channel 10, you guys want to give it's us a call? It's Open Line Friday. It's Open Line Friday. We're going to be talking about the Derek Chauvin. No, no, no. We're going to talk about homelessness in Austin. That, I think that's a good... Uh, starting point here because we want to talk about local news because of course we're on public access here in uh, Austin, Texas, and there is uh, a special election happening. Uh, when's election day? May, May. Either way, right now it's it's uh, early voting happening right now because we give Austin Austinites plenty of time to go to the library and vote or wherever it's fucking being held. Uh, maybe H E B. Look for the vote here signs. I think it's the fifth, maybe, uh, maybe it's the first. Well, you, the first, yeah. It is May the first. So, but I really want to talk about one proposition in particular, and I want to know your guys' thoughts because I know I see this every single day. I work in, um, it's downtown proper, right? But it's it's a little east side. It's about a, a mile east uh, from thirty five. But still in the thick of uh, the still the thick of homelessness. Um, you can't drive by the Austin Public Library that's right there on Cesar Chavez, and not just see a line of what looks like Skid Row from L.A. 
there we hear lots of stories uh, and as a, as of recently if you can go down to um this homeless man randomly stabbed someone at academy in north austin um this is, comes from the statesman now i'm in no position to give anybody solutions i just want to talk about this problem that people are having and talk of possible solutions um i want to i sympathize with homeless people in, in the sense that i want them to do better for themselves but there are a lot of people that don't want to do better for themselves and i've asked the question what do you do with somebody in your life that just refuses to do things that work out for them instead of falling into the trap of drugs mental illness um, we can't get straight answers of what homeless uh why people are homeless uh, some people say it's drug use. I believe that. Um, some people say it's uh, hardships with family. Definitely believe it's all of that stuff. So we need to talk about the problems that homelessness are bringing to people. We can talk about the solutions. We can talk about where it comes from and uh, where it is. But we're seeing this all too often, not only in the paper, but I've got friends on Facebook, yes, friends that on Facebook, that are bartenders. I come from a bartender background, and I know lots of bartenders that work in downtown, and I can't tell you how many times I uh, I see their posts. Homeless guy, uh, threatening people, um, has a knife in their hand, just all around being dick faces in Aust downtown Austin, and I, I believe it. I've seen it. You know, you just get used to them because they're quirky. But this one, when does it go too far? And this is where it gets too far. Uh, this comes from uh, statesman.com. South Austin stabbing. Suspect in fatal attack is homeless, police say. Uh, the suspect in what authorities are calling a random stabbing attack that left one man, dad, uh, one man dead on Friday afternoon is homeless. This was posted January 4th, 2020. Uh, this is not recent at all i thought this would this just happened yeah you're talking about a different one. Oh, this is I the think. south austin stabbing uh you're talking about the one that was at academy that, that was at academy i thought okay. i had that on there but oh, i guess maybe. i the thing is you can go ahead and put in uh homeless stabbing into google in austin and you can pop there's the problem here do you see where we're at i accidentally put the wrong link but all i did was type in google the homeless stabbing in austin uh, and it, I, I think I put North Austin or Academy and that's what it gave me, but there's the issue. It's, it's happening there. Man stab stranger because I thought, uh, I read it and it said, uh, Abbott said that it was homeless. And, uh, anyways, let's read this man stab stranger in Austin Academy sporting goods store police. Well, we can't trust the police. So let's read the, what Austin says here. Austin, uh, KXAN. A man faces a second degree. Ah, jeez, my goodness. Yeah. Fucking, what the fuck's up with these uh, pop-ups and shit? Here we go. A man faces second degree felony charge after police say he stabbed someone at a sporting goods store on Saturday at Northwest Austin, which we said we're not going to name these person. Look at these fucking white guys. These white people. That other one's looking all <sighs> academy. Just play their video. Go. Just go and fucking play their video if you know they're they're intervened enough let them just like speak their piece no well, we don't want your fucking advertisements this show sucks emergency <laughs> exit sucks okay i'm just gonna read it uh from here uh 
what you have here. Um, I don't want to name this guy. He's charged with aggravated assault with deadly weapon following the, an incident, according to an arrest affidavit that took place at the Academy Sports and Outdoor Store uh, on Research Boulevard. Police say that this guy stabbed a customer, creating a, quote, one inch wide by two inch deep wound on top of the victim's left shoulder, end quote. Police say they arrested uh, this guy less than a mile from the store. At about this time and about after 10, about 10 minutes after he stabbed the guy. It's not important. The The important thing is that this, there are people out there that are crazy. Maybe that's a bad word. I don't want to uh, uh, blanket and say that everybody out there is for drugs. They're out there for any particular reason. From what I understand and what I've seen personally, and it's all anecdotal here, take it as it is, that they're mostly out there because of drug-related things. They're on drugs. They've let drugs take over their entire lives. I mean, you're probably watching me on your cell phone. You may be watching me on your TV. If you're watching me on your TV, you probably have a higher chance that, uh, yeah, you're one of my people that, uh, you know, Forget I forget I said anything. I'm sorry. I forget I said anything. Listen, let's get more into this Proposition B. Let's go back to this first link, my friend, and talk about Proposition B because I have a little bit of a problem with it, although I'll tell you that I have support for it. But there is something that I find a little bit disturbing, and I think that the Democrats, the left, uh, I, I wouldn't say the Democrats per se, but a lot of people that are lefties and maybe some Republicans, I doubt any Republicans or conservatives in Austin uh, want to vote yes for this. But let's just read what Proposition B says. Uh, uh, Proposition B, uh, Austin Proposition B. This is a code amendment prohibiting public camping in addition to sitting or lying down in a public sidewalk or sleeping outdoors in and near downtown and the UT Austin area. Now there's lots of that's end quote. Now there's lots of there's lots of I've heard of lots of stabbings and attempted stabbings from homeless people from the drag area, which is that's deep campus area. Lots of 20 somethings walking around in their oversized burnt orange sweaters and they can't defend themselves. So yes vote supports making it a criminal offense, a punishable, uh, a, a classy misdemeanor punishable by a fine for anyone to sit, lie down or camp in a public area and prohibiting solicitation of money or other things of value at specific hours and locations. Now let me read this again. This comes from ballotpedia.org. This is, uh, I don't know who runs this, but I think, and I hope it's run by a bipartisan commission committee etc. A yes vote supports making it a criminal offense for anyone to sit, lie down, or camp in public areas and prohibiting solicitation of money and or other things of value. Um, a no vote opposes making it, it's basically the opposite. Here's where I have a problem with this. Now, I have, yes, we don't want them camping under the 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 overpass. We don't want them uh, camping in front of Austin public library on Cesar Chavez. We don't want them to be subjected to those uh, terrible conditions. 
I think the only reason why they are so close to downtown is because that's where they go every day to make the money that they need to make, which I don't think that money gets saved. I think it gets, uh, you need to make enough to support your habit. Uh, I don't know anyone who does fentanyl, but I think that's like a homeless drug. Isn't that like a homeless person drug these days? Like they only need to buy one pill and that's like all they need. So they all they have to do is get $20 a day, which I think is probably pretty freaking easy. If that's all you have to do all day is stand near a, a, a you know, a busy intersection, people are going to give you a dollar every once in a while. Not every single red light, but... I see them give up too easily too. You know what I mean? I feel like they, they do pretty well because they don't put enough into working. They should um, be out there fucking nine to five. Well, have you ever like gone up and, uh, you know, you got up to a red light at a busy intersection and there's a homeless person coming up there and they walk up maybe three or four cars and then oh, they stop and I they see. walk back. They're only going after the top three. Yeah, I get you. Yeah. Like, like they can walk keep that whole walking. queue. There's a huge queue and you just keep walking because as soon as it turns green, you got to walk back. Like that's when it, that's when you have to walk back and, and then wait at the green light. Well, wait at think the stop sign to, to wait for it to turn red so you can start walking again. So you go as far as you can because that green light's going to be on for a while. I feel like you should work a little bit for it, but I feel like they make, they do so well that they feel like they don't have to do that. Yeah, well, you know, if there's one thing you should be, <clears throat> it's efficient. And after working that same line for a while, you'll be able to know which car, you know, or how far down you get. You start the understanding green light. And, and building patterns. Yeah, you, well, you understand the traffic system, the traffic pattern. So you could walk down to the specific car, maybe a couple deep, and then, you know, start walking back. The light turns, you get back there, and that car that you stopped at is now seeing you twice. And then do the same thing. You know oh, what I mean? sure. Yeah. If you were able to, they have plenty of time, by the way, to figure this out. And I'm yeah. sure it's not too difficult because it's a literally on a fucking, it's literally runs on a cycle that uh, some sort of timer, I'm sure that you can figure out yourself. I always thought if I was homeless, I, I, you know, I burned all my bridges. I would probably be off the street pretty quick because I've got, you know, an entertainment talent. I've got this thing. Like I learned, uh, I literally learned presentation as a child and I can do magic, which is a pretty, pretty unique talent for people or a pretty unique thing to learn. I don't even feel like it's a talent because talents like pursued interests. As long as you dedicate your, your time to something, you can probably do it. And that's, that's my life. It's, I have, I've got time that I don't want to waste on a lot of things. So I wasted on projects like learning bonsai, uh, learning how to leather craft, learning magic as a child. You know, like I learned that stuff and it applies to a lot of the things that make me, me. I feel like if I never was a magician, I wouldn't have a mechanical mind and wouldn't be fixing espresso machines for a living. Matter of fact, let me tell you something. I just got promoted to assistant manager. Motherfucker. How about that? Really? How about that, my man? How many people do you manage? <laughs> Myself. <laughs> That's it. But no, I'm assistant manager of service, which means like, you know, there's a couple guys, but we don't we don't play that game. You know, I'm not gonna pull rank on anybody. Same here at my work, like we don't have a fancy title scheme. It's just like look, we know the pecking order. It just means that's and the money I make. I make a little <laughs> bit more than you do. That's about yeah. it. But I do as much hard work as you do. And my division, it's like what I do at work may become a whole different division and they'll open up a whole new thing based on the work that I've done for this company. So look out for that, people, all right? Little enough boasting about me, but that was my point about homelessness. If I got, when, if I got homeless, I can fall back on things that I, 
the, the, uh, that I've uh, accumulated in my life, but like talents and, and, and pursuits. Homeless people, I don't know. Have you ever sat down and talked to a homeless people? I've done a couple times, but it's been a long time since I have. Why are they on the street? You know, you ask them, what, what, what's the drug that you're on? I bet you they'll answer, they're on something, right? That's up 80%, 90%, 70, 60, I don't know. I think even 5% of it is too much. So I want to talk about this. Proposition B, it's a code amendment prohibiting public camping. It says that right there, prohibiting public camping. What does that mean exactly, public camping? This is what the left is, is really talking about. Um, and at first I thought about it. Uh, I read this proposition and I was like, yeah, Prop B, fuck yeah, I'm all about it. And I go, I, I, I heard... What's his name? Uh, uh, the the our governor, right? Uh, no, our mayor Adler. Adler, Steve Adler. <laughs> you know, he said making making homelessness a crime, or people suggesting that homelessness is a, is making that a criminal offense. And I go, where does it even say that being homeless is a criminal offense on this thing? And I looked at it a little bit deeper, and I go, it says, yeah, prohibiting public camping. Like homeless people are literally public camping uh, where do they go this is where the left is talking about i think i get it right where do they go where do they go well i'm reminded of a couple interviews i've had with mackenzie kelly mackenzie kelly is now the district six congresswoman in austin texas council uh, what did I say? You said Congress. Congresswoman. God, that'd be great if she was, though. No, she's a councilwoman. Councilwoman, excuse me. She's not watching anyways. She was on Todd and Dia the other day um, talking about Proposition B. So I hit her up and asked her if she would like to talk on uh, talk on, her, on the air about Proposition B. Um, she's busy. She's a busy lady. And I, I, totally, I totally get it. Instead, what she did is said, I have this video. It's about a minute long that I've talked about Proposition B, and I want to go ahead and present that video because I respect this woman who's got gall to be to fight against the Democratic Socialists. Now, I don't mean fight them. I mean the policies they're bringing. Your rent is as high as it is, not because of Republicans, but because of social Democrats, socialist Democrats raising your property tax. And uh, I got off a little off base there, but here's Mackenzie Kelly talking about Proposition B. Thank you very much. People experiencing homelessness have a right to be here. It's not a criminal act to be homeless. However, that doesn't mean that our parks and sidewalks need to turn into homeless encampments. I've lived in Austin my entire life, and the last two years or so have really gone downhill as far as the homeless encampments popping up everywhere, the trash in our city, and the safety of the people that live here. As a former volunteer firefighter, I understand the risks involved with public safety, people responding to these camps. They are absolutely not safe. Something needs to be done in this city. And it's not safe for people experiencing homelessness. It's not safe for people not experiencing homelessness. But we can't continue going down the same track we are with this homeless camping ordinance. And so that's why everyone needs to vote yes on Prop B. Early voting starts April 19th. Go to okay. votetravis.com to find okay. your early voting location. Okay, I get it. We But the or the... The the literal language on that thing says 
prohibiting public camping. Well, so here's the thing. There are places by not the government that have opened up these campgrounds. What, what is that? Camp Rat? Is that what I'm to understand? Uh, that's one of them. Yeah, Camp Rat's one of them. The uh, uh, Loafs and Fishes or whatever that those play, that, that mm-hmm. uh, Meals for Wheels kind of Jesus organization or whatever. They bought land for people of experiencing homelessness to be able to camp safely, that it'll be patrolled by proper authorities in order to prevent uh, drug use. Uh, that's, I think, if I'm not mistaken, that's like a criteria to be able to stay at this place. You have to pay rent, which is like a dollar mm-hmm. a month or something, right? It's nothing, right? But it, it, it's to teach them little bit of personal responsibility, which of course is a conservative. It shouldn't be a conservative value, personal responsibility, but somehow it's a conservative value. Uh, for me, I think it's a libertarian value because that's all you need to do. The only person you can actually rely on is yourself. So why not rely on yourself to do these kind of things? Personal responsibility. For a long time, I didn't believe in personal responsibility. I didn't, I, I didn't pay my bills. I would, I would, you know, get a cell phone and then just stop paying the bill, you know, and ignore them. And then you, you're, you, you have to uh, ignore all these weird phone calls that you get, you know, all these weird numbers. Like, what kind of life is that that you're setting yourself up? Like, personal responsibility. You have the money. You, you've made the money. Yeah, I know if you pay that bill off, you may not be able to uh, go to the movies. You may not be able to buy that, that six-pack of beer, you know? Fuck that. Show some personal responsibility. You know, I don't make a lot of money. I do spend a lot of money on my hobbies, so I'm not one to really talk about that. But I do, I'm responsible enough that I've paid my bills. I have established credit again. I am in average, above average credit, and I've really worked myself up. So I, I, I'm, I'm living a responsible adult life, and it's only because of personal responsibility. And we can't teach that to homeless people if we just allow them to do the drugs on the street. We got to show some compassion. Like, what do you do? What do we do? Well, what Austin is doing is they're buying hotels for millions of dollars over asking price or over what they're actually valued. Now, I guess pretty cool, right? They, they'll be able to house some homeless people. We're talking upwards of 60, maybe 100 at the most at a time in a place, in a city where there's I think thousands, maybe thousands uh, of homeless people. We'll look that up. But more than enough that we spent $9 million on a hotel, the Candlewood Suites, that will only house a few of them, that kind of money can go into buying land where we can hire people to patrol the land and make sure these people are getting on the right track, doing things like Camp Rat is doing. I think that is not a far stretch, but to say prohibiting public camping, I'd like to see a little bit more in there. And the people that are against Proposition 8 are are saying that this is a uh, criminalizing homelessness. I just don't think that's correct. And in Austin... Uh, we have 2,500 homeless people. That's a lot of fucking people. But what do you do? Let's say we do open these things up and the requirement is no drugs allowed. How many of these homeless are going to do that? How much? I mean, we'd live in America. 
I'm a libertarian. Like, if homeless people want to do fucking drugs, as a libertarian, what what does that bother me for? I'll tell you when it starts bothering me is when they are in the middle of, uh, they're they're in the middle of the city and it's just a fucking tent town. I went to L.A. L.A. a couple of years ago for a convention. I haven't been there in years, and we took a, an Uber from the airport down to Montebello, and we got to a strip of a, a downtown L.A. or something. It was, and it was a, like a straight up mile and a half, two miles of just tents all the way down. Imagine Congress from Ben White all the way up to the Capitol where it's just lined up with tents. Like, that's not a great way to live. Why do we want them to live that way? We want them to do better. But what do we do for people that don't want to better themselves? They say they do, but they're they're trapped. They're... They're pulled in by the addiction. What do we do? Now, uh, speaking of addiction, I, that is one of my my most, well, I don't say my most, but I think that's what is keeping people out there is addiction. Um, and I'm a, I'm a staunch libertarian when it comes to drugs. I want all of them to be legalized, but that will, lead, does, will that lead to more homelessness, Brandon? Like thinking about that, you know, like they they already have access to drugs, yeah. So it's inevitable that they're going to be homeless. But the thing is, if they're homeless because of their addiction, and you're able to just go ahead and buy uh, what is something that you get addicted to? I don't know, speed, right? Let's <laughs> yeah. say you can buy sure. speed at fucking uh, Walmart or something. Is that not going to cause people to? Uh, overindulge and 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 think about meth over buying groceries. And what do you do about that? Doctor Drew is a board certified physician and addiction medicine specialist. I've been listening to this guy for for years. I mean, when I was a when I was a teenager, he was he was on my local radio station at K Rock at ten o'clock with Adam Carolla, the king of podcasts, um, talking about you know, teenager stuff. Like for me, it was a great show. Because love line. It was love line, right? You got advice. Um, and truth be told, I called in once, you know, and I was on the air. Who didn't? Uh, come on. But Dr. Drew is, he's a very staunch libertarian, it seems, because he's got views very similar to the views you'll see on this show. Um, and any sort of libertarian thing, like he, he is for, uh, you know, school vouchers and he's for uh, hydroxychloroquine, which is, I think, what, why he's um, so hated as of recent because he's touted hydroxychloroquine. Um, I just want to note his argument for hydroxychloroquine now that this is all passed and everyone knows it's okay and you all hated it just because Orange Man said it. Just Let's just remember that pregnant people can take hydroxychloroquine safely, hydroxychloroquine. Anyways, but because he touted it early on people and he's and he sort of leans more right because he's libertarians for some reason that's right not center. He's 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 to be canceled at all at all costs. So, this is a story from the LA Times because the nominate he was nominated to be on a homeless commission and the LA Times says right here, nomination of Dr. Drew and it's in quotations by the way, Dr. Drew. <laughs> 
for homeless commission is pulled after an outcry. And let's uh, let's uh, scroll down a bit. There's my man, Dr. Drew Pinsky, a celebrity doctor. This guy is a practicing physician. This is LA. What kind of journalism is this? Now, I know I may be biased because I, I know that this doctor is an actual doctor. You know, he may be on TV, but there are other doctors that have been on TV as of late that we're all fucking in love with. My name is Fauci, okay? Let me tell you something. If you guys want to go swimming pools, it's all good. If you want to take a piss, wear two trunks. This celebrity doctor nominated to a local homelessness commission has been pulled from consideration after community members objected and mounted a Twitter campaign accusing him of promoting policies that criminalize homelessness. Now, being homeless is not a crime. Camping in uh, camping is is a see. This is where I'm sort of torn. Where do homeless people go, Brandon? If we say they can't uh, uh, camp in public places, where do they go? Well, before the ban was uh, was instated or that was lifted, it, they they just, from what I understand, they'd be in the woods, you know, off out of sight, which I would imagine is still kind of technically public land. Uh, because I doubt that they'd get into private land because this is Texas. Um, so they were just more out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. I would imagine still on public ground. But now they're just, you know, once that was lifted, they're all out of the shadows, you know, and just living their, their day-to-day life. And now it's more obvious in the public, which is just really weird. I've heard like from some people that this is what the Democrats want because they want they want to bring all the homeless out to let people know how big of a problem it is, which I could it's a weird way of doing that, but I could understand that logic. But you haven't done anything since then to help them. Yeah, and it, that's that's my hang up there. Well, they think just handing giving them stuff is yeah. is it's not helping it. them. No, and, and really I agree isn't. with you. A lot of them are there. You know, not not a lot of them are there by choice. Like I don't think a majority of people are there because they just like that lifestyle. I think it's it's a drug thing. It's it's addiction. It's it's, it's mental health. Yes, I mean all of that above because it's all kind of within the same thing. Uh, they those both of those things just feed off of each other. Let's keep moving on here. Los Angeles County Supervisor Catherine Barger announced Monday evening that she had withdrawn her nomination for. Dr. David Drew Pinsky, known as Dr. Drew, uh, for the Los Angeles Homeless uh, Homeless Service Authority, a 10-member commission appointed by city and county elected officials. By the way, there's no doctors on that commission. So hang on. They have a 10-member commission to put together another commission? No, that's, is that that's, what the, it is? that's the commission. It's a 10-person commission. Oh, he would be brought on to the Correct. That commission. Okay. Barger, who represents the 5th District, said she was dismayed that anyone would question the appointment of a doctor with a passion for addressing these issues when a new voice is clearly needed. So Barger is who actually nominated Dr. Drew, as it says there, and she had to withdraw because of outcries, you know? Uh, you want this Nazi to be on the commission? He don't care. He want, you know, basically they put out a hashtag, boom, boom, do, uh, dump Dr. Drew, which I put down. If you, you know, just go ahead and can you go into Twitter and just do that hashtag? Yeah. Cause this is, this is so funny. A bunch of peanut gallery watchers 
And I, I, I'm, not, I'm not the first to make the joke, but these are the same folk, and I think we're going to play a little clip of Adam Carolla saying this, but these are the same folk that defended Dr. Jill. Uh, when we have a person who practices medicine for a living, still does, a real doctor, right? Dump Dr. Drew, hashtag. Look at this. Oh, hang on. Yeah, look at this. Sarah Schaefer. I cannot imagine a person less qualified to serve on the LA Homeless Commission than the man who repeatedly told his audience that if you don't lose your virginity by age 21, there's something wrong with you. This really fucked up my sophomore year of college. Dump Drew. What? Okay. Uh, like even the LA Times agrees. Dr. Drew is wrong for uh, LA homelessness sold, blah, blah, blah. And it, uh, it gives you a link to the LA Times opinion page. The LA Times is... N opinion page is different than the LA Times. Uh, yeah, dump Dr. Drew. Celebrity doctor. Ce celebrity doctor. I swear, if you don't answer to homelessness, if your answer to homelessness isn't to just give them... Free tiny houses, you're deemed inept to handle the situation because these folks, home are these uh, these homeless people are not addicted to drugs. Obviously, they're just experiencing homelessness by no fault of their own. It is clear and not a stretch that those folks are almost out there all because of a drug-related problem. But who better to help handle a, a possible? Or to help handle possible situations and solutions than a fucking board-certified addiction medicine specialist. They tout Dr. Drew as the love doctor or celebrity doctor if that's a disqualifier. So I want you to go ahead and uh, get this next link going on. It's going to uh, 10 minutes and 26 seconds in. And uh, I want to present uh, Dr. Drew on the Adam Carolla show just from the other day where he talks about this. And you're going to hear some of the things I just said. Um, but I think you should hear it from the doctor's mouth and how he believes where homelessness started and what he can contribute to it. Um, yeah, go ahead and just like, yeah, slide it over somewhere once it pops in. Oh, you almost, you almost dead hit it. There you go. Would be a nice component of narcissism <laughs> that is rarely exercised. The narcissists don't see no, things they don't, they don't want to see. Well, the things they don't want to see, they don't see. You would just think that if, if there's encampments all over your neighborhood, you think, oh, I don't want to be blamed for this. I don't want to look bad. But you're right. That or, might be too much introspection. Or you just say, this is good. This okay. is what we want. This is good. We're making sure. progress. This is what, how we want people to be treated. But I, and, I was and, doing an interview on a radio show, uh, John Phillips, I think, a moments before I came in here. And I said, uh, it's now getting to the point in California where the homeless might pull up stakes and have the taxes. <laughs> and then I said, oh, and I mean literally pull up stakes. Like their tents are pitched in every park. They are going to have to pull up stakes. We've now returned to that quaint time in history where people pulled up stakes. Well, speaking of quaint time, I just, I, I, you know, people have been trying to get me to get into politics. And I was just thinking, I, I remember on the back of, covered wagons california or bust right? Mm -hmm. right california you have to cross the or to is and add on ed california is busted california is a fucking mess well there is a, a conspiracy theory floated by our friend mark garagos which is 
from the L.A. Times or in response to your story as the L.A. Times reads it. And I'll, I'll let Dawson read the uh, article, but then I'll get to the conspiracy Is another one I have theory. to suffer through? You're yes. Gonna be, you're going to suffer That's through what I do. Times and then I'm going to read you a Tom Shales review of Love Line from uh, 1997 <laughs> yeah. after that. That one's a little more. Yeah, that one's but, a little but, better. So this is the article though, we just I, let read. Let me just be bit. super clear. Is this a joke? Hang on, my friend. That guy's not interested. Listen, this is the reason we have homelessness is from a 1965 act that mandated the destruction of the state mental health systems. And in response to that destruction, no one ever made plans for what to do with the patients that came out of the mental health system. They went to the streets, the nursing homes, and the prisons. Mm -hmm. They belong in None of those places. And they now they can't go to the prison. Good. They should not go to the prison. I'm being fucking accused of saying I want to criminalize homelessness. Fuck you. Codra. I am not interested in that at all. Well, they do not belong in the prisons, but they equally do not belong in nursing homes or the street. They belong in proper environments for care with a continuum of care to restore them to health and productivity, which is not hard to do. If you just fucking do it. Well, we only have three billion dollars. Three and a half billion. Three and a half billion. And I I will say this. The reason we have homelessness is for the reasons you cited, but it's also because we have homelessness. We are a society that works cyclically and sort of in a trends in trends. So you have it didn't start at the park that we just bulldozed. It didn't start with. Uh, 7,500 homeless people. It started with one tent. Somebody kept walking and didn't do anything about it. Then there was another tent, and then there was another tent. It's sort of like in an esoteric way. It's like transgender. Why is there why is there so much of this going on, or we're hearing so much about it? Because it is. You know what I mean? The more it's out there in the zeitgeist, the more it, it leads to, it begats Right. itself essentially so that's part of it go ahead dawson nomination of dr drew for homeless commission is pulled after outcry outcry Can we stop there I, I don't read these articles you you make me Sorry. suffer through them you've ta- you've coached me up not to read any of this bs i know but it's and then good. you then i come in your show and you read it to me it's good content you don't good think pod. Oh. good pod baby a celebrity doctor let's nomina- just go back to pepe Le Pew. It's much much better <laughs> nominated to a local homeless commission has been pulled from consideration after community members objected and mounted a hashtag dump dr drew twitter campaign accusing him of promoting policies that criminalize homelessness right they go celebrity doctor they don't go local physician right. or they go so called so called so-called doctor, which yeah. I, always, I like as yeah, well. But, but by the way, how much clearer can I be that I'm not into that? How yeah. much clearer can I be? Can't be. Well, Can't the be same people call you a so-called doctor, right. Right. say Dr. Jill Biden. Right, right, right. So all right, that's thank all you. you need to know. That's perfect. Uh, real quick, uh, I was going to, God damn it, I just fucking lost it. Shit. talking about homelessness. Dr. Drew. Yeah, it's gone. Okay. Damn. Well, sorry about that. Damn. All right. Um, we've only got about 10 minutes left. I, I wanted to save the Derek Chauvin stuff uh, for after on the other side. So if you guys are watching us on YouTube or Facebook, just stay tuned. If you're watching us on Channel 10, we are on Facebook and YouTube. Emergency Exit Podcast. Um, There's just... So, there's so much to talk about when it comes to homelessness and 
Dr. Drew makes a point, you know, they need proper care facilities for them. That's what we need to be spending the money on. $9 million on the Candlewood Suites. $9 million need to be spent on a facility where doctors are able to help these people, you know, board certified, you know, specialists. I remember what I was going to say. This is something we should track and see who they get in place of Dr. Drew. And see their qualifications. Well, if, if we continue on with that, we're not going to we'll listen to that episode anymore. But if you listen more to that episode, like he says that there's no doctors, nobody on that commission. It's all like, um, like governor's assistants mm-hmm. or, you know, people trying to work their way up in, in, in government. Right. Yeah. So they're like former interns. You and do now, a good job on this board and there might be a slot for you in my cabinet when I you know, that kind of thing, the little sweetheart deals. You have to think that when you hear their arguments against what people like Dr. Drew are saying, like that, you know, don't you think that when Dr. Drew says that I'm not for criminalizing homelessness, that the answer of just letting them be able to camp on the streets is not the answer, that that is somehow him saying that uh, he's, he's all for criminalizing homelessness? If you're saying that and you know that he is not saying that, are you not lying? Are you not being truthful to yourself? Like we can be honest about this situation, right? I wanted to have on a friend of mine who's a Democrat, Austin Democrat, who's all for this because he knows that it's not just about – getting the people off the street. It's a step forward to getting them off the street so that they live a productive life. And we're not doing that by spending our taxpayer, uh, our pack, our taxpayer money uh, on, on frivolous 40 capacity, 60 capacity, 60 person capacity hotel, or even tiny houses, you know, like giving these people tiny houses. Is that like permanent? What's stopping other people? I think it's a stupid argument sometimes, but why not? Why not bring it up? What's stopping people from going? Well, fucking, I I, I work at McDonald's and I, I don't feel like doing much work at all. Like they'll give me a free tiny house if I I'm homeless or something. I mean, we op- I think a lot of Democrat policies they come from good places, but all they do is they open themselves up for fraud for people to defraud them. For is that the right word? Defraud. That's like anti-fraud yeah. for people to fraud them. They, they, they want policies. Uh, Stacey Abrams, that uh, one who keeps saying that the, the election was stolen from her from 2018 is still is, is now saying all of a sudden that the, the system between 2018 and 2020 all of a sudden changed that um, there isn't f- anything funny or anything fishy about <laughs> the election process, uh, what's going it's on. It's because it went their way. Exactly. And it seems odd because now she's, she's still saying that today. I think it was on uh Grabian or something. You can see her going 2000 actually, uh, 2018 election was stolen from me. What? Mm-hmm. You can't even say that about Donald Trump, but it's like, they can say that kind of stuff and it, it'll, it won't get pulled. Not yeah. to say I want it to be pulled. I want that kind of stuff to stay online. But the problem with that stuff is that they'd censor, conservative viewpoints a lot of times and then all you see is the wrong thing for instance and we'll get into it this is sort of maybe a teaser for the other side these late uh, these latest police shootings 
Uh, the first thing we heard about the, the, the I think it was Dante Wright, Dwayne Wright, I think it was, um, that his mother came out and said he was shot over having a, 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 an air freshener in his car. Because uh, I guess what the idea is that you can't have anything hanging from your rear view mirror because mm-hmm. it's an obstruction, um, which I think is the stupidest fucking law. It's in the a world. really stupid law. But and if that's what he yeah. got pulled over for, maybe that is a dumb reason to get pulled over. But you know, besides all that, there were lots of other things at play that affect the way we can feel about this whole thing. But we we get the wrong story. He wasn't pulled over just for that. Uh, or do we know that? Um, the, the latest thing that we're seeing is the woman who was trying to stab another woman and got shot for trying to kill somebody else. And we, we, get, we get the media coming out uh, or her mother coming out and saying, oh, she was a straight A student and I, you know, I loved her. And she was in foster care. Like that, where she was, was her foster home. Where was her mother? Where was her father? We don't get like this whole story. We get this emotional stuff, which is what we got essentially with the Derek Chauvin case. The first like week was all just people that were around the, uh, the officer on Lee and putting his knee on the back of, uh, the back of the neck of George Floyd, just people there saying how they felt mm-hmm. like, what does that have to do with this, this whole situation? Why are we allowing how people feel as evidence in, in a, in a trial? And I think I want to get into Derek Chauvin's case. Like that wasn't a fair trial. I think I know in my heart, he's guilty of manslaughter. He leaned on, on George Floyd's neck for way too fucking long. That's way too fucking long. I don't care. He shouldn't have done it that long. He's guilty of manslaughter. That's what we should have saw. But we didn't see that. He got guilty of second degree manslaughter, third degree manslaughter. Third degree manslaughter doesn't even really apply to this situation. But if you guys are un- to understand what the third degree manslaughter is, it's what they call the depraved heart. Where like if you shoot a gun into the crowd, you don't really intend to kill anybody, but you did because you shot into a crowd. Like how does that really, I guess that, I think that's more second degree. You were doing, so, I think the second degree was you were doing something illegal while murdering somebody. Uh, maybe you may want to look that up and, and, and back me up on that there. But essentially just manslaughter in the, the first degree, the second degree, like you're directly, you even though the evidence needs to be considered that there were high levels of fentanyl, this has to be accounted for. Would he ever would have swallowed all of his drugs when the cop came? And I assume, and I think that's what was brought up because there are times where he was arrested and spit out drugs that he swallowed. There was even a video they showed where it sort of sounds like he said, I ate too much drugs. Um, But there is reasonable doubt there because it also sounds like he says, I ain't, I ain't doing no drugs. So it, 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 there's reasonable doubt there. Um, each count carries a different maximum sentence of 40, uh, minimum se- maximum sentence, 40 years for second degree murder, 25 years, uh, third degree murder and 10 years, second degree manslaughter. Now what he, un- the unintended thing from what I understand, he got uh, guilty on all charges. They're only going, I think the way the sentencing goes is they use the harshest, sentence against him so that would be the second degree manslaughter so what is that it's uh, culpable uh, negligence where a person creates an unreasonable risk that's exactly what a uh, derek chauvin did 
he uh, he leaned a little bit too long on George Floyd's neck. Think about this. If George Floyd did die from a drug overdose, as some of the op- the autopsy suggests, he would have died in custody. He would have died in the jail. And then we'd be like, oh, what happened to him? They would do the drug, to the, the autopsy, and find out the fucker died from that. And we would know for sure. But then they get these pathologists, these medical pathologists who weren't there, who didn't conduct the autopsy, like play a, a spin a, an emotional tell that the jurors like really bought. And we'll get more into it on the other side in just a couple minutes. But this wasn't a fair trial. Even OJ committed a crime in a, in a certain town, and they even moved that because of his uh, public perception. There's nothing more. There's no more public perception, no more trial by media than in that town they did it in Minneapolis. Why didn't they move that out? They're Maxine Waters. She said, if we don't get the verdict we want, we're going to fucking riot. Uh, President Joe Biden said that he prays for the guilty verdict. These kind of things, and as the judge says, is, is in blatant violation, disregard of the separation of powers. Judicial branch versus executive. And they by them saying that stuff, the jurors were not sequestered for a lot of that stuff. So they probably felt the pressure. This is a mistrial. It should have been. And I'll tell you one thing. The judge thinks it's going to get appealed or it's going to get overturned in appeal, which they're immediately working on over appeal, uh, an appeal that's going to happen. And then it's going to lead to more civil unrest because people believe that Chauvin, Chauvin, killed uh, this guy unjustly. Now, I think his sentence should be second-degree manslaughter. That's appropriate. He didn't intentionally murder him. He's not raised. And in no point in this whole trial did I hear one thing from the prosecution that mentioned anything about racism. But that's front and center right now. Like, what are... I'm so sick of hearing about race everywhere. Race, 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 race. Uh, why did it all of a sudden become race? And the people that tout all this racism are actually racists by the policies they like. Affirmative, affirmative action is actually racist. You cannot combat racism with more racism. Thank you guys for watching. We're going to continue on on the other side. If you guys are watching on YouTube, keep watching. If you guys are watching 10, Channel 10, go to YouTube. We'll see you guys next week. That's right. All right. Thank you guys for watching. We are on the other side. Now, before I get into homelessness, I saw this thing on YouTube, and I've seen it several times. It's the Pepsi uh, Coke Challenge, where people like me, who you know, you've drinking Coke, you've drank Coke, you drink Pepsi, you know the difference. That they're putting a couple of identical cans of uh, each, each uh, Coca-Cola, each cola, Pepsi and, and Coke, they put them in front of them, they put a blindfold on, they give them a good spin, and they try to say which one is which. And I, I, I find it really hard to believe that these people are lying or uh, they don't really think this, but they are saying Coca-Cola is Pepsi, like, all the time, every single time. And then as soon as they look at the label and start drinking, they go, why do I fucking taste Coca-Cola now? I, I'm just too curious. I need to know because I know I can definitely pick out Coca-Cola between Coca-Cola and Pepsi. So, I have officially bought a Coca-Cola and I bought a Pepsi on my way here. 
And I, I'm, I got to make this happen. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to close my eyes and I'm going to be as honest as I can because I want to know about this. And I could, could you just go ahead and spin those around so that I don't like, I, I don't want to have any sort of idea about it. I don't want to know which one is which. I'm even going to even give them a couple more spins. I, I have no freaking clue. Yeah, that's great. I have no idea. I want to keep this as honest as possible. So I promise you, I am not, um, I'm not cheating here. And I'm, I got the first one. We'll go with my right. Here we go. It tastes like Coca-Cola to me. And it's funny too. Maybe it's just the shadows or the light shining through my eyelids. I see red, you know, uh, like it's a, it's a Pepsi or it's a Coke. So, Oh shit. Uh Oh, he's on the fence. Wait a minute. Okay. What do you taste? You haven't commented this one's on the sweeter. one on your left. This one's definitely more sweeter, which I feel is indicative of Pepsi, which always has been. Ugh. Ugh. Oh, this is actually pretty tough. I I'm leaning that this is Coke, but... Yeah, it's Coke. Um, I'm going to open my eyes. I'm, I think this is Coke. Three, two. All right. Nailed it. I, I fucking knew it, dude. <laughs> there was no doubt in my mind. Do you think you can pick out Coke from... I, I think I can, and you said it exactly. Pepsi is just, just a little sweeter. All right, here. You sit down here and you try You want it. me to sit... Yeah, I want you to All sit right. down and sip these. I'm going to spin it around for you, too. Because <laughs> I think this is interesting, because at one point I doubted myself, and I went, no, that one definitely tastes like what I remember as Coke to be. Oh, I've never been. Right, in, so close your eyes. I've never been in this seat. I want to hear myself. There he is. Oh, that's right. Yeah. The program. <laughs> that's right. All right. So. All right. Close your eyes. They're closed. And just do not try to cheat. Okay. Nope. Okay. You have something in front of you. you, have, you See, have I didn't know you were going to call me out on this. That's why I was pretty confident with what I said that I would be able to do it. All right. Just don't open your eyes. Oh, is that what I sound like over there? That's right. Oh, man. See, I don't have a base. All right, that's my baseline. That tastes very Pepsi-like. Just right off the bat. It doesn't have the bite that Coke had. Oh, that's... Hang on. He's taking a sip of another one. Oh, Pepsi Coke. Wait, wait. Uh, wait, lift, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> lift up. Uh, so wait, lift up what you think is Coke and uh, count to three and open your eyes. Hang on. Ooh, see, I'm on the fence. Uh, see, I told you it's it's pretty tough, but I I I I think I got it. Okay. Um, <laughs> it, 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 when you don't have a baseline, that's that's the hard. You got to find the baseline. The you got to do I, with I don't anything. Know. I, 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 all right, I'm gonna go Pepsi. This is Pepsi. All right, open your eyes. Yep. All right. <laughs> well, at first you called the the Pepsi a Coke, and I was like, "Oh, this is gonna." Or you well, called the Coke the, a Pepsi. The sweetness from that from the from my left hand from the Pepsi started kind of sinking in, and I'm like, "Wait, that's that's got a little more sweetness hanging on," and I had to you know really really think. But uh, yeah, it's there is a difference between the two. It's it's very subtle. And I don't hate either one of them. If someone's maybe like, the Brew World Order has taught us to to tune our palates. Maybe, maybe. 
Interesting. Yeah, could you guys think you could tell the difference between Coke and? Excuse me. I'm. Uh, there's way too much soda happening here. All right. Welcome to the other side. We have lots to talk about. Hey, I'm watching myself on the delay, and uh, you're looking I, good. I, I don't look too bad. <laughs> That's right. Okay. What did I want to? Oh yeah. So the the Chauvin trial. Now, first of all. We, I talked about, you know, Biden talking about it, but after the verdict came out, and I'm sure you guys know the verdict is that he is guilty in all three counts. Uh, fucking, this is a win. This is a win for justice uh, for some people. Uh, I think it, it is just that he is guilty of manslaughter, all three counts. I don't know about all that, but I think the jury uh, influence from outside sources made this difficult. I think this whole thing is, uh, needs to be retried. It needs to be tried fairly, I think. Um, so if you can go ahead and go to this link, my friend now, before you play it, Biden addresses the nation after this Chauvin verdict, Chauvin, Chauvin, who gives a shit? Fuck this guy. But after this verdict, and first of all, Kamala Harris has to, has to start off right. Uh, it's the 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 first uh, oh, topic. Uh, Kamala Harris has to start off, and she's all blah 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 blah. Ladies and gentlemen, here is uh, our president Camacho, my man Joe Biden. But I think this is really funny here. Now watch this transition. Thank you. Yeah, turn Hang that on. sucker. Yeah, up. This yeah. is good. No thanks, I don't want to try premium. All right, play it. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. What's this guy doing? What's this guy? Oh, it's not. Yeah, it's not even, okay, yeah, we're, 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 yeah, come on. This is the other side. This is how we do it over here. This is how we do it over here. And now it is my it great big. honor to introduce the That's president of the United States, Joe Biden. Watch this transition here. Whoop, who's this guy? <laughs> Let me wipe this all down here real quick. <laughs> you good, sir. Where, where's, okay, pause that. <laughs> First of all, where was the wipe on the microphone? You know, the thing that she was talking directly into. Can, is this not proof that this is theater? Oh, but wait a minute. I mean, yeah, you're talking, he came in, wiped it down. You're talking, why didn't he mic wipe the mics? Like, if masks work, then he shouldn't have to, right? Well, I get that part, <laughs> but the mics, like if we're going to play this game, like, okay, we got to make sure that the public still thinks that the coronavirus is this deadly thing, even though you're vaccinated, uh, we need to wipe, make sure wipe down these surfaces. They didn't even wipe down the main surface that they're talking into. The thing that would possibly, you know, I get it. They're, they're wiping on the surfaces that the hands would touch or whatever, right? This is all fucking theater, you know? This is it's all theater. goddamn theater. And you know what? He may have touched the mic. Go ahead and keep playing this. We don't, we don't have to play. Actually, just go back a few seconds and let's watch this guy <laughs> yeah. swoop in. Did last summer. Uh, no, that's too far. Too far, too far. It's keeping us, our nation. Thank you. There we go. And now it is my great honor to introduce my man of the United States. My man. Come on, uh, Harris. Hup, let me get in on this real, real quick. <laughs> Double, Double mask. mask and everything, dude. He wiped under the fold, the the binder, you know, because it got under the binder. And then he takes his mask. 
All right, that's enough. <laughs> no, come on, guys. Like, I still hear this that oh, we need to be careful after the vaccination. Then what's the point? Yeah, but that's that's the weird thing. I get this because Donald Trump. They they touted as they. I keep saying touting, but they kept saying Donald Trump. Fuck this. You know, he waited too long. You know, this is the thing. They don't want to be called out for that. So if this new variant de- decides to become just as bad as the first time we had coronavirus, they, you know, we're already masking up. Let's just keep going. And there's no end to it. We've asked, uh, who is it that asked? I think it was Jim Jordan asked Fauci, when's the end? Like, when? Wh- what's the goal? You know, I get it. Yeah, we want everyone to be vaccinated. Well, like, but what? What's the number? Like, wh- can we get some sort of fucking horizon in the fucking in the distance? How hard is it for you to just tell us? Yeah, I would like to see everybody at eighty percent immunity, and then we can all fucking go back to normal without masks. They're not. They don't want to give us any inch, and it's getting ridiculous because the CDC says that the immunity that we have from getting the virus. And, and it going through us is just as much as the one we get from the vaccine. But we have no idea either or if how long the, uh, the immunity lasts. Mm-hmm. We've had some cases where people get it again. It's very negligible. Almost, as you can say, uh, you know, anecdotal even. We pulled a vaccine from the, the shelves, the Johnson & Johnson, over six people developing the same type of blood clot right after taking the shot. There were over six, I think, close to seven million shots distributed. There's less than a, a one and a million shot that you you would develop that. Like, where are the, these risks? We should be able to assess our own risk. When that risk is that low, believe me, if it was lotto tickets and your chances of winning... Our 99% guarantee you'll want to take that risk because that little percent that you won't get it is nothing. And sometimes, in some cases, you may die. Some people will die. I, I feel like I sound like Andrew Cuomo. Some people will die. You know, and it, it's just what happens. But it's not my fault. You know, I, I didn't have anything to do with the nurseries. Oh, it's not nurseries. Oh, so, oh. Uh, nursery homes i thought y'all were talking about y'all he doesn't say y'all i thought you guys was talking about uh bonsais all right so let's get more into this i want to talk about both sides we love the flip side here on this program and it it, it encases both what we feel about it you know uh, there we're not quite this far on the right we're not this quite far on the left we're in the middle of things but somehow we're considered right we do fall a lot a lot on things that seem right but it's always been moderate things um so this comes from the flip side and this is both sides this is shalvin uh the shalvin verdict both sides agree with the verdict juries are often hesitant and rightly so to second guess cops when they make split second life and death uh, decisions, these decisions, though 
uh, may be proved wrong, and on occasion they are justly punished as unreasonable. But cops tend to get the benefit of the doubt because most people understand that they need to assess threats to themselves and others in an instant. And it's all too easy to sit in judgment of that at leisure with plenty of time to review the situation without adrenaline pumping and fear vivid. None of that was on the table for Chauvin's defense. George Floyd died slowly as Chauvin kneeled on him for eight minutes. No jury on earth was especially likely to see this as a reflex reaction in the heat of a moment. The cops had the right and responsibility to use some force to restrain and subdue Floyd. And maybe his death was due in part of other factors besides force. But the extended time involved in this case always made it likely that any reasonable jury would convict Chauvin of some crime bearing responsibility for the death of a man who did not deserve to die. That is from Dan McLaughlin of National Review. I mean, I'm, I, I'm saying that exactly. The, I... I how can we how can we disagree with that statement and as yeah. as we as i said before i started reading this both sides agree with this verdict uh well with the verdict of this because obviously he kneeled for too long at some point he stopped resisting and just laid there how long was he dead under his knee i think that's too long he was handcuffed and i've talked about this on the show i went on a police ride along and you know what they told me when they like pull someone over and they run you know what they do? What? Just let them run. Yeah. Just fucking run. Especially if it was like a like they pulled them over mm-hmm. and they decided to like gun it. If it's, it's something minor. But not even that. Just anything like that. You know, instead of, I mean, I'm sure if it was like a, uh, they saw a dead body in the car. Yeah. But for the most part, like a, a traffic stop and mm-hmm. there's some, they pulled them over. They're on camera. The license plate's on there. They see that car again. It's on, it's on their fucking, they, they, you know, they, they have these other things where it's you, on their bolo. All, yeah, exactly. And they, uh, it's on their radar and they go for it. The, the next time they see you, you're getting pulled over and we'll see what happens, right? But this guy was already on the ground. You didn't have to like keep your knee on him. You know, you could have just like sort of kneeled next to him and put your hand on his back. Like there was a lot of the, I, I, I'm just sick of these scared cops, man. And the woman who pulled out her fucking gun instead of a taser and killed that dude, dude, inept. You, especially because she's been on the force for like 20 years, almost retired or whatever. I don't know if it's 20, but uh, dude, over a decade, I'd say. And she kills, uh, she shoots a guy in accident. I mean, yeah, the guy was about to run off, but like, let the fucking dude run off. You have him on camera already. You got his license plate. When they say reform, or I don't, I'm not for any defunding of cops. They just need to, I've been thinking about this, reimagine. They they talk about that reimagining thing a lot, and maybe we need to do. We, maybe we need to reimagine, but not in any sort of. Uh, we need social workers to go out there and. Uh, uh, I mean, imagine if it was, uh, if it was, uh, uh, like a cop that wasn't there with a gun or had. Well, he was a social worker to try to talk to George Floyd. He sees the cop going and and swallows the pills. What's stopping? Uh, we don't know if he died from. Uh, just the knee on his back or on his neck or the drugs he took. We don't know officially for sure. We just knew his heart stopped and that was brought on by several things. That's why there's reasonable doubt. But if somebody like a social worker came there and he died still, like what kind of situation would we be in today? 
at some point, aren't we going to be in the same boat? We call somebody out because somebody called the cops because there's somebody about to that's going around stabbing people. And then you get there and you see that there's uh, men fighting women. And then you see someone with a knife about to stab somebody. This all happens within less than 10 seconds. And then kills the person that was about to stab somebody else. Where are we when we look at that situation, George Floyd situation, any of these recent situations, the inept police officer who pulled out her gun instead of a taser? Like, at what point do any of these point at racism? Because that's all I'm hearing from this. This is not just shitty policing, because it is shitty policing. It's, it's systemic racism. I need to make sense of this because I don't get it. I don't see how everything is racism. Change my mind here. I mean, like, come at me with some facts here because when people say that that black people are disproportionately targeted by the cops, yeah, I mean, yeah, I see that in the stats. But is it targeted or are they committing the crimes? It's not because of their race. I would never say it's something because of their race. But there has been... Uh, an advantage to single motherhood that was brought on by LBJ where the, we've got welfare, where you get uh, benefits for having children out of wedlock as long as there's no man. And it's like you, you promoting a fatherlesshood and what I, I would, I would just wonder what the percentage of people in prison today is that they never had a father in, in, in their life growing up. I'd like to know that stat. Cause I would guess it's over 80%, but I'm no, you know, I'm no statistician, but it's not a far stretch to believe that that kind of thing is if you grow up in a happy home where you have support from parents, maybe just one, maybe two, maybe they're both the same sex. Maybe they're not. It doesn't matter. I think having parents in a child's life is highly beneficial for them and teaches them right from wrong. And here's the thing. If they have that family structure, they're not as likely to go hang out with the bad kids. It reminds me. Um, we picked up our little one from uh, pre, uh, from his preschool, and he had a picture, and he was talking about, hey, look at this, and it's like a bone, and like a guy cut his head off. And we're like, what the fuck? Cut his head off? Who showed you that? And it was just some other kid there, older kid. And we're like, that kid's bad. That kid is bad. Like putting these sort of things, it's like sometimes we won't be able to help. I think this is what's also important about like school choice and shit. You know, you can get them in a school that is not the public school where, you know, they are with, I'm not all about segregation, like letting the poor people go to a different school than rich people. Cause that's still going to happen. Guarantee you there's rich people all over the place and they're, they can bring their kids to public school. Um, but they make sure they go to private school. And uh, they're, those are probably the same kind of people that are for, or uh, I mean, excuse me, they're against school, school vouchers. Do you know what school vouchers are, dude? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I think in, te- in Austin, was it Austin or Texas in general, where they, the, the House, Texas House voted unanimously, not unanimously, the uh, majority against yeah. uh, mm-hmm. school choice vouchers. And I don't know the, the argument against it. I can't seem to find a solid like It takes money away why. from the public schools. No, because, because the tax dollars still go... No, because it's allocated, right? So everybody in this district, their mm-hmm. taxes go to that school. Mm-hmm. So if you're in that district, 
um, and you decide to take your child to a different school, you you ship them over there, you take the bus, whatever the fact may be, you're still your taxes are still paying for that, and you're paying taxes or you're paying out of pocket for this other school. But your taxes are still going to something that you're not paying for, you don't want to pay for, and therefore school vouchers say that you get to allocate your money to this district. I don't know because I don't have kids, but I mean we we paid taxes in the Round Rock School District. Well, sure. I mean, it's, I'd rather not, but I mean, it's just, that's fucking And I think taxes. school vouchers should go for everyone, not for just somebody that has a child going to a different school. You should go, I want my tax dollars to go to this school because you want uh, to you have be a- able to pick and choose. Exactly. It's a school <laughs> voucher. Yeah. I mean, for people that are for freedom of choice and, and pro-choice, you think that this isn't such a hard stretch for people to I'd have like choice over being school. Being able to have a choice of which school, because there are better schools over bad schools. I mean, that's evident and having somebody, having your, you know, your kid, your child in a good school, that's already setting them up for, you know, one hell of a better life. And so the left's argument with that is that, well, they want to keep people down because that's, it all comes from good places. They just don't think of consequences of these things. I think Neil said it uh, pretty good in one of the comments earlier. uh, People will take advantage of any free service that doesn't have strict management. Like, think about that. That is ever true. And we can cite things that just happened recently. If you were laid off in March, the end of March, when we when we shut down, you were laid off, you were furloughed, whatnot. And you had the choice to come back. Now, for me, and I'll tell you my personal experience, because that's, you know, it's my lived experience, my truth. Your that personal truth. When I got laid off, and it wasn't really laid off, it was just we're all we're all shutting down. Everyone who was doing it were not essential. Um, they kept only a few people on actual at work and everybody else got to go on unemployment and we all got a extra bit of unemployment from the government paycheck protection. And for me personally, I made over a thousand dollars a week <sighs> on it. That's not what I make a week, uh, back then. That being said, I only took, f- uh, two of those paychecks which is a month because that's as long as they uh, had me out and they as soon as I was able to go back, I went back. I could have easily stayed on for another few months and kept a th- I made four I would have made over four thousand dollars a month, which is uh, t- about you know a little over twice, a little under twice what I was making then. But there were a lot of people that they started needing more work and we started asking people. And some of them clearly, they they uh, they admitted it. Oh, I'm, I'm making more doing this. I'm going to take advantage of that. When you give people these advantages, they're going to take them. Now, in my instance, I, I mean, when it comes to what Neil just said in me, that's absolutely not true. I was getting free money. Matter of fact, if it wasn't, I don't know if it wasn't for the lockdown, I wouldn't have gotten Bonsai. But that month that uh, we were furloughed, I got into Bonsai. Because I was able to sit at home and, and do that. And that's sort of what UBI is all about, too. Like, what they want to say is, like, you can just stay at home, you get paid, and then you can uh, pursue art or some shit, right? That's what I guess it's all about. You can you can pursue things that you're passionate about. Yeah, and I mean, I do that anyways. I, I still have. I mean, yeah, they're called hobbies. They're you called know, time, hobbies. Time, fucking Time management. Fucking fly a kite. Fuck. Kick rocks. All right, so... Let's read a couple of these from the right and from the left if you want to go down to these are other opinions from all sorts of different media. The flip side gives you both sides. Let's just go to the uh, right here real quick. The judicial system worked. 
It usually does. It won't bring George Floyd back or eliminate all bad policing, but police are now on notice, and good cops still vastly outnumber bad ones. It's time to refine and reform the policing system, not tear it down. Police reforms should include severe restrictions on chokeholds, severe restrictions on warrantless raids, and no-knock raids much less use and better training in old military equipment restrictions on qualified immunity. Like that's, that's one thing I'm all about. We need to have more restrictions on qualified immunity just because you're a cop doesn't mean you're above any sort of fucking law. I get it. There's going to be people in front of you that um, are going to give you shit that are going to shoot at you, but you're a fucking cop. That's your fucking job. It's not your job to go. Your job is to prevent crime and shit, but you need to put yourself in harm's way. And if you start going, if you start killing somebody without you being shot first, I feel like, uh, see, that's not, a, that's not a good qualification for it either. I just feel like you need to be responsible. You kill somebody, you, you, there needs to be some accountability. There absolutely needs to be accountability. And in Chauvin's case, Chauvin's case, you knelt on that guy for too long. You go, you're going to jail for life. I, it's unintentional. It's like getting into a car wreck accidentally because you were drunk. Eh, that's not a really good analogy, but somewhere along that line, you know, you killed somebody driving. It wasn't necessarily your fault. You could have maybe swerved out of the way. Either way, qualified immunity makes it so that these guys are a little bit above the law when it comes to, it doesn't make us equals. You know, they get to do a little bit more. They get to speed and shit. They get to be like, I'm cops. Fuck that. Nobody wants that. I don't want cops to think that they're better than me. Fuck them. Matter of fact, I laugh at them. I could, I would, I fucking applied to go to the a police academy two years ago. They did not accept me. All of a sudden, now they don't have anybody. <laughs> they have nobody trying to join them now. There's no police academies going on. No police cadet academies. I could have been a cop. But now I don't want to be a cop. You know, it's just who wants to be a cop in this day and age? You get called uh, into a, a possible knife situation. What do you do? Uh, if, if You can't shoot anybody, especially if they're a POC, a person of color. There's no way you're going to shoot somebody. It's like the most egregious police shooting I've ever seen. And I think, a matter of fact, I've got that video if you want to go to it. it's uh, And it happens to be a white guy. Um. Let's see if I can get to it down here. Yes, right here. It's at the bottom of uh, our topic here. And this is the most egregious and most famous shooting that I, I don't even think anyone's even really talks about with BLM or anything. You know, they say we watch these videos. <clears throat> uh, George Floyd could have been, could have been um, prevented. The situation could have been prevented. There are lots of things in there that we can say if that didn't happen, <coughs> we wouldn't be in the situation. Um, the Fastillo, uh, Fastillo, uh, 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 castle case, he actually had a gun, uh, but he wasn't being a bad guy. That's, that's, that's an egregious one. That's the one I get behind. Uh, we get Breonna Taylor. There's just all these uh, reasonable doubts, uh, and go to, I thought I put it on, uh, uh, tw uh, 253 seconds in it's towards the end of it. If you want to just go towards the end of it. This here is the most egregious one here. This is a white kid, and I don't even know if you've heard about it. This is a fucking unjustified shooting here, and we're about to show it. I hope you enjoy. This is the video, the body cam video of Daniel Shaver getting just murdered in a fucking hotel lobby. Uh, can you put the sound on? Oh, you better fall on your face. 
face. Your hands go back and the smaller your back are down, we are going to shoot you. Do you understand me? Yes, sir. Okay, stop real quick. Me. Okay, so what that cop just said is if you put your hand behind your back or try to look like you're grabbing anything, I will shoot you. And then he tells him to start crawling towards him. Go ahead and play. And dead. Stop. Okay, that's enough. That's that's horrifying. Totally unjustified. Um, like, <laughs> well, as you can see, he sort of reaches for his. He reaches like he's pulling his pants up because he's crawling, and his pants are probably being dragged down with every fucking uh, drag of his knee or something, right? And the kid, this is five minutes long. The standoff goes forever, and the kid's like, "Fucking, I'm not." He's crying. He's not doing anything wrong. This is an unjustified shooting. Thank God it wasn't a black person. The thing is, this is happens to everybody, and I hate it. What did this cop? Why did this cop? If even if he did try to fucking grab for a gun, let him take a fucking shot because it's your job. You have body armor, you fucking pussies. Uh, the cop was acquitted of murder because of what you just what you heard before he shot if you put your hand behind your back and obviously the body cam footage showed him putting his hand behind his back for a quick moment and, and probably trying to pull up his fucking pants <sighs> these kind of things piss me off man and at no point is anyone going to say oh it's white supremacy white supremacy it's just shitty policing Stop with yeah. this racism shit. It's only making us more divisive and segregating. It, it, we're not getting anywhere with this shit. The left is so focused on everything race. Everything comes down to race, and it doesn't. Like, I don't know. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me, their, their obsession, their fascination with race. And they'll say the most racist thing ever. Oh, you don't know because you're not fucking black. <laughs> Like imagine, you know, we hear that a lot from Abram X Kennedy. Oh, if this was a black, per if this was a white person that was uh, gonna get stabbed, well, they're, they're they would have talked you down. Yeah, well, you know, we can say that. What if the races were reversed in in this situation? Probably would still happen. Like I, I like to say, what if the races were reversed? But the way y'all say things, like imagine if affirmative action was reversed, where we let white people and we. We can't fight racism with more racism. Like, we need to just get rid of people saying the N-word, period, right? If black people are the only ones can say it, that is racist. Inherently, stop. Like, let's get on the same page with racism. Fuck this whole power system bullshit. Thinking that you can do something because of the color of your skin or you think you could do something better because of the color of your skin, if it has anything to do with the color of your skin and you judge them because of that, is racism. It has nothing to do if you have power over somebody. Because at this point, right now, Democrats have the power. And affirmative action is something that they support. That meets the definition of systemic racism in their fucking eyes. Am I wrong? If Democrats are the ones in power and they approve of affirmative action, is that not, uh, is that not racism? Is that not... Uh, 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 letting someone go to a college based on their color, the color of their skin, is that not? So yes, that is that. But the only thing missing is power. 
when the people in power are for it, that does make that racism in their definition. So speaking of which, uh, speaking of if the races were reversed, uh, my man, Hard Hat, brought this to my attention here. And this is a sign at George Floyd Square. <sighs> they named the street after him. They named the whole square after him. Gives a list of special orders for white visitors. Let's go ahead and uh, take a look at this. And you know what? Just think about this. Think about if it said any other race except white. Just go down. Uh, let's get to it where it says uh, the actual thing. Welcome to George Floyd Square. This is a sacred place for community, public grief, and protest. This is where George Floyd's blah, blah, blah. These, uh, under the watch of these officers, enter with reverence, community, openness, and in blah, blah, blah. Wear a mask, blah, blah, blah. Here's for the white people in particular, because these are the rules for everybody, but here's for the rules for white people in particular. Just imagine if that said for black people in particular. Decenter yourself and come to listen, learn, mourn, and witness. Remember, you're here to support, not to be supported. Be mindful of whether your volume, pace, or movements are supporting or undermining your efforts to decenter yourself. Seek to uh, contribute to the energy of the space rather than drain it. Bring your own processing to other white folks so that you will not harm the BIPOC. I don't know what BIPOC is. Uh, consider, I, I would assume POC is person of color. Consider if you want or need to take photos and post them. Consider this. Consider that, you guys. Consider if you want or need to take uh, photos. You don't need to, is what we're trying to tell you. Do not take photos of other people without their consent. If, if you witness white folks doing problematic things, speak up with... This is... Just change white folks to Jews. Just change... If... if if you witness Jews doing problematic things, call the Gestapo. Call them. This is unbelievable. And how can you say this isn't racism? If racism, if let's say, oh, it's only half racism. The other half needs to be power. The people that are in power are pushing these things. That is the racism we're seeing. Thank you guys very much for listening. We're going to get out of here. I don't have, I don't want to talk about anything else. All I know is that I, I'm mad about homelessness. I'm mad about uh, racism. And I don't need any of that shit in my life. I, don't, I just don't. So if you don't need it in your life, maybe you need a little bit of emergency exit podcast. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next week. And hopefully we'll get some word from uh, you know David and tell us his adventure. So in the meantime... Like us, share us, subscribe to us, tell your friends uh, to like us and subscribe to us. Watch the re uh, listen to the rewatch party. Uh, last week's episode of Commando, <laughs> by far one of the best ones and the probably the most uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger impressions you're going to hear in uh, for in a two hour period. So for Brandon the Hardhead Mitchell, I'm Low saying, be cool, stay hip. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs>you like this show be sure to subscribe to emergency exit podcast wherever you get your pods come on over and find us on facebook and youtube emergency exit podcast on twitter that's e-m-e-x pod and our listener line is open 24 hours a day seven days a week 830-875-0637 <laughs>